Every single day you wake up, you have the opportunity to start over, to make a difference, to right a wrong, to shift your life into a better direction. Thankfully, we have a God that gives us that second chance every day. We hope this show will bring you information and stories that will inspire you to be the best you can be. This is Every Day is a Second Chance, presented by Heyman Hoke. Thank you for joining us, and God bless. Welcome back to the second edition of Every Day is a Second Chance. I'm hoping that as I get get going with this uh, more and more, that I quit being nervous about it because it's really funny. I've been public speaking my whole life. I've been teaching for years and years, and now all of a sudden I'm doing a podcast and I find myself getting nervous. Um, so we're going to dive right in today, but I, I want to, since this is the second episode, some of you all may not have seen the first one, so I want to kind of give a, a little bit of background into why we're doing what we're doing, uh, why I decided to, to do this show, and then I'm going to introduce you to our guest for today. Uh, we've got a special guest, Sarah Lee, and no, it's not the famous Sarah Lee cakes and pies. I'm sure she gets that all the time. Uh, but uh, you're going to really enjoy her story. She had a life-changing event that really changed her life, and I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a minute. But just, let's get, just kind of back up a little bit about why I'm doing what I'm doing and why what I want this show to accomplish. Um, for those of you all that might have heard this already, I, I almost died in 2007. I had a disease called ulcerative colitis, um, and it got so bad after working five years. I was five years into a 10-year stint of being a serious civil litigation trial attorney. And I was working 60 to 80 hours a week in very high-stress litigation situations. I was nonstop. My life was going 150 miles an hour. And I got diagnosed with this disease that at that point in my life, all I thought of it was an inconvenience. Um, if anybody watching this knows me, they know I am very type A personality. I'm very driven and I'm very in control of my life. At least I did, uh, thought back in that point of my life. And so I get diagnosed with this disease. Uh, they start treating me with different medications and I continue the lifestyle I was living. I was continuing to work 80 hours a week. I was continuing to go 150 miles an hour. And five years into that, the doctors had to give me a reality check. They basically said the medication wasn't working, that it wasn't being controlled, that I was already showing signs of cancer, pre-cancer, and that either they remove my colon or I'm going to have cancer. And I was 42 years of age at the time. And at that point in my life, I'm not ashamed to say now, but at that point in my life, I was a very arrogant, matter of fact, trial lawyer. Um, I was doing my own thing and I was controlling my own life and I was making the money I wanted to make and, and nothing was going to get in my way, not even this inconvenience. And so my only question to them at the time was, how long am I going to be off work? And they said a minimum of three months and I knew I'd be back before that. But like I say many times, and you've probably heard this before, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans because he always ha seems to have different plans and he did in my life. And even though I thought I would be back at work in no time, the doctors messed up my operation. My intestines ruptured. I was in critical condition for 10 days. I was in the hospital 37 days the first time. 
I was in and out of hospitals and out of work for over eight months. I ended up having to have six surgeries, the last two of which they shipped me from El Paso, Texas to Cleveland, Ohio, to the Cleveland Clinic, where they put me back together and saved my life. And although those were the worst eight months of my life, and I would not wish them on my worst enemy, they were the best eight months of my life because God knew that Fred was too stupid to listen to a tap on the shoulder. He needed to be kicked off his feet. And so for eight months, I had to think about my life and where it had gone and what I was doing with it. And I realized that I had gone to law school after being a police officer in El Paso, Texas for over five years and loving that job. I left that job to go to law school for all the wrong reasons. I left to make money. And for 10 years, I did. And eight months later, I was broke again. And I have always been very outgoing and athletic my whole life. I was a bareback bronc rider for a number of years in my teens and 20s. I played rugby in college. I was what most people think of as being invincible. And I went from that to having to learn to walk all over again with a walker because I was in bed for 37 days the first time. It was a life-changing event in my life. And at that time, God put it on my heart that I needed to write a book called Every Day is a Second Chance. And for the last 16 years, I've been working on it and not very good about it. I, 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 the book describes... And I, I, I always say that I'm, I'm being a Jonah, and I've been a Jonah for a number of years. I've kind of said, okay, God, I know you want me to do this, but I'll get to it. And then I get to it, and I stop, and I rewrite. and I've, So I've stopped and started that book a number of times, but now I'm well into it, um, and I plan on finishing it this year. But as I was working on it, uh, I got introduced to this concept, the concept of how, how about getting in front of people, and doing a video audio podcast and sharing with people why God touched my heart about this and what it really means and having people come on and share their stories because we have a God of second chances. And even if you're not religious or, or whatever your beliefs are, you just can tell by life that life gives us second chances in, in, our, in things that we do. You, we hear those stories all the time about people almost dying and getting a second chance, about people that have had drug and alcohol addictions and, and almost killed themselves and had a second chance. And we have a God and a Bible full of second chances. And I call them second chances. I don't call them third and fourth chances because God doesn't see it as third and fourth chances. He sees as every single day we wake up, we have a second chance to make a difference. We have a second chance to do something right. Uh, to touch somebody's life, to go in a different direction. Somebody, sometimes it takes, like me, a life-changing event to realize that. But every day I wake up, I realize, okay, what am I going to do to move forward? What can I do today differently than I did yesterday? Because God doesn't look back. He looks forward. Your future is far more important to Him than your past. And today I have a guest, Sarah Lee. She is a native Texan. Uh, she calls herself a native Texan. I found out before the show started. She is from Uvalde. We've mm -hmm. all, all heard a lot about Uvalde, unfortunately. Yes. yes. And, and the tragedy that that community has, has gone through. Mm. Um, she is the founder of what's called Sarah Lee Global Ministries and The Well Project. And I'm going to let her explain that. Mm -hmm. But she describes herself what 
terms that a lot of times people don't hear a lot and don't really know what it means. So I'm going to let her really explain it. But she describes herself as an apostolic and prophetic minister. She's also a speaker and author. And she has had a life-changing event in her life that really turned her around and made her realize what God wanted her to do and what direction he had for her. You know, some of us change our lives and we, we, we just live a better life. And some of us see that, that truly we've been called into ministry. And that's what Sarah has. Sarah was called from a life, what I would let her describe, but I, I would just say a normal life mm-hmm. to a life of serving God and, and talking to people and bringing people to God. So Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, Sarah and I have recently met. We have known each other a long time, but she is uh, one of our new clients at our law firm. But we got to talking during our meetings, which I often do with my clients. And I was so interested by your story that I uh, thank yeah. you for taking the time to share that story with, with our viewers today. Sarah? Amen. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast today. It's an honor. It's a privilege uh, just to share our testimony, to share about these second chances. Uh, Like you, I won't go on uh, above your questions, but just like you, you know, in the world of the marketplace is what they call it. Once you get pulled into ministry, there's something you learned called the marketplace. Well, for me, it was real estate. And I lived and I breathed it. And I knew Jesus as a form of Jesus, but not the way I knew him as a healing deliverance, miracle signs and wonders, Jesus, that I do now. Um, but that was my life for so long, um, just selling real estate and serving clients and getting my check, like you said. And then it was, I needed to get into luxury real estate because I could make more money in luxury real estate. And it was just, you know, we spend what we make. As you know. So it just never, the flesh, and it really never gets enough. But that was my life for so long. So so tell us what what happened. You shared with me a little bit when we first met. But can you tell us what really happened in your life that turned things upside down? Sure. So I was just going through the motions of regular life. Um, Like I said, in my real estate life. In 2010, I had um, a blindsiding is what you call it. Mm-hmm. And that movie's actually highlighted right now. Yes, it is. Which is interesting because I took it as a sign. But I was blindsided uh, sighted, uh, through a, a, a drug and an assault that I never saw coming. Um, it catapulted into some some bad things. Um, Any time, whether woman or man, I used to just say girls, girls that are assaulted. So, uh, so you're talking about about getting somebody slipped drugs into a drink, right, or, or something you had, yes, and then took advantage of that state that it put you in. But sure, I think in the old days we used to uh, uh, police officer we called them roofies. Uh, uh, that was a, a date rape drug right. that was used, but you were a victim of that. Is that yes, what you're saying? That's correct. So. Um, and there's more to that, and I, w- I won't indulge in that right now, but it turned into uh, a downward spiraling of uh, what I was diagnosed with PTSD. So the horrible situation you went through caused you to, to, to get worse, and, yes. and that's quite common. I mean, yes. it, it's very common when people go through traumatic events that it, it, bouncing back from them is not easy. And that's why we have so many counselors and psychiatrists and psychologists to help people. And the big issue with with military, 
Mm-hmm, yes. But the military is, it's easy to talk about PTSD, but I've gone through PTSD. I mean, I went through PTSD because of my illness. Right. Uh, and, and so I can only imagine what you went through uh, after being a victim of somebody's horrible act. Sure. So, and that's what happens too when I didn't understand the spiritual aspect of it. That's all you are. You're just a victim. You're a victim on paper. Um, you're sent to these crisis centers. You're then you're sent to psychologists or psychiatrists. What they do immediately is start giving you medication. Mm-hmm. For me, I remember making kind of fun of like the commercials. It tells you all these things they're going to do at the end of it. it. Says, but it could cause suicidal tendencies. I had no clue um, because you're so desperate for help when you're in a state of trauma, mm-hmm. post trauma, and you don't know what you don't know that you're just taking whatever they give you. Right. But for me, it did it did make me worse. And it was like a spiraling out, I would say, for six years. In my book, Panic to Peace, I call it six years of hell. Okay. Six equals the number of man and, and sin. You, you mentioned the book. Yes. So you've written a book about this event. Correct. And what did you say it was called? I'm sorry? It's called Panic to Peace. Panic to Peace. It's, and it's about to be published soon. Correct. We're hoping in yes. the very, very near future. Yes. Um, so it'll be available to our viewers, hopefully, in the very near future. Yes. But, you describe that in the book as six years of hell. Yes. And tell us what happened from there. What? Sure. Where? How did you get out of that six years from hell? Okay, so to brief the six years of hell, uh, things that come, if you've been through like an attack or anything that causes trauma, whether it's military, whether it's a drugging, an assault, it's all trauma-based. Mm-hmm. Um, what follows with that is very common, anxiety attacks, panic attacks, night terrors, sleeplessness, uh, paranoia that someone's going to do it again. Uh, these are these are spiritual things also, but I didn't know at the time. Mm-hmm. So I would take the medication. The medication ended up creating these suicidal ideations. Like it was just nothing's working, so it would just be best if I wasn't even here. Just go be with my father, um, which is demonic, by the way. So um, after those six years, at 2016, I went on a three-day retreat um, it was very hard to get there spiritually. I finally get there. So it was a, a, a three-day spiritual, faith-based, yes. church-based type of retreat. Correct. Okay. Correct. Okay. Never been anything like that, but loved Jesus, knew the form of that I knew him in the book, mm-hmm. and um, would go to church every Sunday, but I wasn't getting healed, delivered, and set free. So okay. I go to this this three-day spiritual retreat, Um I went through a major deliverance at that retreat. I didn't even hear that word. I didn't grow up with that word. And so for our viewers that haven't grown up with that word, what can you describe? What does that mean? So deliverance is a complete healing and, and freedom from what's called demonic oppression. So let me be careful how I say this. So I was, I accepted Jesus as Lord of my life when I was a little girl and went through the baptism of waters but there's still these oppressions that can come over you through open doors. Say it's unforgiveness. Say it's you get into addiction. You're just like trying to cover up the pain. That can be demonic oppression. So I want to make that clear. Okay. Um, and it's in the book because it's what I believe and it's what I know. But through that time, it was just a, a release of that. It started with, can you forgive these people? Can you forgive not only the assaulter where the seed was planted, but can you forgive the people that didn't want to come alongside you when you were going through your hardest pain and how you cope with that and the the pain that created to others? So So, it was a a release of of 
kind of an emotional, mental release. Sure, spiritual. Of, uh, yeah, and we'll get into the spiritual. Because mm-hmm. I know we've got viewers out there that are questioning that, and they sure. question, and 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 so. From a from I I always say I, I like to talk about things from a human standpoint and a spiritual standpoint yes. because we are in a constant battle uh, all day, yeah. uh, every second of every day between flesh and spirit. All Correct. of us are because yes. we're human beings and we're we're bro- it's a broken world. Yes, but from a human standpoint, you started feeling different, yeah. and and at that point, did you immediately know? That God had touched your life, had changed your life, or was it a? Well, I, I can. Fe- I'm feeling better. I think I can forgive people. Can you can you describe what that transition felt for you? Yeah, that's hard because um, all I can say now, in conclusion, is it was a spiritual encounter. It okay. was a spiritual experience, which okay. many people seek after in different ways. Right. They're different religions. Right. We know this. They're different drugs. They try to get this spiritual and like they want to find the one of who they were created by. Mm-hmm. So at the end of these three days, I just remember um, this love coming over me. Okay. I remember just beams of light shining over me. It's very unexplainable. Um, I couldn't. I could say now what that was through the mm-hmm. seven years of training, equipping as a minister. But at the time, I didn't know. Right, and, and that's important and, for the viewers guess, to know. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get at because yes. a lot of people don't don't see. You know, I, I've grown up. I didn't grow up in the church, but right, since I've been involved in the church, um, and I, I've, I've told a little bit of that story. I'll tell, but I didn't really get introduced uh, to the concept of our Savior until my teens. But Mm -hmm. as you go through church, you have people that are, I would say, more spiritual than others. Yes. And and some act, and some are. Yes. And of course, we all have to deal with that. But but I'll hear people say that I was, I I felt overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit. And I remember going through church and going, I never felt that. Yeah. Is there something wrong with me? Because I've never felt that. And and no, there's not because every one of us, God touches us at our place. Yes, and whatever needs. And it's funny how I love the way you say that. Quite often, I've noticed in my life that at the time I didn't know what was going on, but later I'm like, oh my gosh, that <laughs> that's what happened. Yeah. Then um, I went on a three day retreat. I, I don't know if you want to share the one you went on, but I used to be involved and and still somewhat involved with trustees and a lot of people have heard the 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 term trustees it's a a 3 day retreat for men and women and i was on that and i I've, I've told people i can't tell you in my life where i can put a finger on where i've actually overwhelmingly felt the presence of god in me yes on that retreat Twice during that retreat, I was overwhelmed. Yes. And I can't even explain the feeling I have other than it was different than any other feeling I've ever felt in my life. Mm-hmm. My life, And it wasn't me. It wasn't my mind doing it. It wasn't my heart doing it. It wasn't Fred doing it. It was something more. Yes. And I left that changed. And, and, and that's what it sounds like this did to you. You yes. knew that at that point, you knew something had changed. You didn't know exactly what it was. Now you more so do. But what did you leave that thinking that you were going to do with your life? 
<laughs> so, so I leave there thinking, wow, what a cool experience I had, you know, and I, I, I'm careful about what I say, like trustees are naming names, but it was radical. Okay. It was radical. Um, I don't know if I should dive into that, but it was hours and hours of deliverance. And because anytime uh, trauma happens to us, pain is attached and you have to release that pain. Mm-hmm. Um, on that third day, everyone was um, baptized, you know, asked if you want to get, you know, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and fire. And I was like, me, 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 me. <laughs> and there's something called falling out that I told was fake. And I won't go too much into that, but that did happen to me. And that's when I saw those light beams and just felt this overwhelming love of God. And I was not here. I was somewhere else. And that's what changed everything. So when I get back in the car, I'm like, wow, what a cool experience. I have to tell people what happened there, thinking that I was attaching to the experience to a place. Mm-hmm. Right. Not that it would go with me. Right. Wasn't thinking it. And that's very common. Yeah. So you know, I'm like, who would even listen to this? They're going to think I'm crazy. You know, you have all these thoughts in your head. And, and sometimes the, uh, the, I, I see that that, People don't let it go with them uh, because, mm-hmm. you know, we, we hear people that go, they're, they're different on Sunday yeah. than they are the rest of the week. Yes. And, and I think that's, that's a personal thing. Uh, whether you take what God has done to you yeah. or shown you or sometimes he whispers to you and what you do with that is, is really drastically important. Yes. Um, and so you knew something had happened. You mm-hmm. knew that it, it ne- you needed to tell people about it. Yes. Where did you take it from there? So I go back to the real estate office, and I'm trying to do life as usual, but it's not usual for me anymore. And I slowly start sharing with people my experience. Some some were like, "Wow, that's amazing," and just like when I'm when you're saying this, I'm feeling like chill bumps is what people say. Mm-hmm. It's the Holy Spirit. And um, some and, would just be like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, and some probably didn't believe. Right, correct. And that that unbelief that's common. Yes, and it was like, yeah, cool. What what listing did you get this week? You know, just get right back into business. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to go about life as usual. What I had known, I already practiced for fifteen years. Um, had to have reputation to withhold. You know, I couldn't just be like this radical, spirit filled girl now. That <laughs> that. But what we know is the truth, the Word of God. You know, and he sets us free. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And I finally had freedom. So when I go back, I had no desire to take any of those seven prescription medications they gave me to the highest level. I'm talking even Xanax alone for analizetic, which is highly addictive. They told me, you're going to need a year to wean off of this. Mm -hmm. They who prescribed it, we'll leave it at that. The medical professionals? The medical professionals. And there was seven of them total because of the, the place I was at. So how long did it take you to? Two weeks. Two weeks. Wow. Two and weeks. The Lord just, he's so beautiful how he guides us and helps us. And and he he just it w- it would give me strategy and like kisses things you can do to wean off of it. Within two weeks, I was off. I was wow, off of all of it because I didn't, I didn't want any anymore. And so because of the length of our show, I don't want to, we could go sure. on forever. But yeah. tell Tell us, where did it take you from that point mm-hmm. to what you're doing now? Okay. So um, I think just things started fading away and being pulled away because I really wanted to. Uh, the, the Word of God says, 
uh, that the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. And so I really just wanted to be led by Him and what He wanted. I didn't want to be my way anymore, but I wanted to be His way. And so if that meant leaving full-time real estate, that meant that. And it just, it's that law of attraction. I just started coming into people that were spirit-filled. I wanted to be find where they were worshiping. I wanted to share my testimony, meet with them. You know, we flocked together. Right. Leave it at that. And so I wanted to be with my flock, and I and I finally found them. And um, it turned into, hey, do you want to share a testimony here? And I would share my testimony, and we would see people just, just we would see the Lord start to have this spirit of what we call breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, um, people would start getting set free of the same things that I did. And so I was noticing there's something to this. There's mm-hmm. something to what you've been free of, you can help free other people by the Lord. And so I would do it in my hometown there in San Antonio, and then people would ask me to come to their church or their house or their conference center or whatever. And it was just um, a propelling of where He wanted to take me. I always call it preordained destiny. Mm-hmm. And that's what I we do now here at the well here in downtown Dallas. People can come in. Maybe they're suffering from depression, oppression, uh, suppressed from things for many years. And it's it's what's called a stuck. You get stuck. Mm-hmm. But God is a God. He's a mighty God. He's not Jesus mm-hmm. in a book, and you read about him, and that's cool. Mm-hmm. He is a living God, and he does miracle signs and wonders, and, and he breaks. He's the breaker. Mm-hmm. He breaks these things off of people and fills with the Spirit and fire. And so that's that's what we do. So for six years, I just kind of where I was led, where I was called to be invited to share. And then the Lord started teaching me how to prepare a message. And then it was it was more professional. It wasn't just sharing my testimony. It was sharing a message He would give me through the week, you know, um, to so, tap on. Go ahead. So this transition happened about 2016, you said? Yes. So we're now in 2023. We're yes. seven years later. How long did it take you to go from that to... What, I mean, now you're full-time yes. ministry. Yes. And, and and you you were telling me earlier that you go down to Deep Ellum there's, mm-hmm. and you, you do things there. Yeah. How long did it take to make that transition? How long have you been in full-time ministry? Mm-hmm. So 2016 was my, uh, I call it my time of encounter healing deliverance. 2018, it was two years later that I knew I was being called into ministry. Okay. So that's key. Well, and that's the reason I ask that is because I, I think a lot of people uh, they 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 think things are an immediate transition. They're not, and they're not. They're uh, not. You know, I I I you know I almost died in two thousand seven, and I'm yeah. still working on it and yeah. still doing things. But but the thing is, is to me, you make a decision and, and that you're going to do something different. And I think in two thousand sixteen, that decision was made. That hey, I'm. I, I don't think I want to live when I'm living. I'm, yes. I'm not going to live on this medication anymore. Yes. And you start making a decision to change things, and it it doesn't necessarily have to happen overnight to be in God's plan. That's right. Um. And, and so that's amazing that you guys you, you have made this transition completely out of out of uh, what I would call corporate America to full time ministry. Yes. And so we, we're almost out of time, but will you share with our viewers a little bit of what, what they can do to what, what you do or how, if they want to see you or if they want to you know, find out more about what your organizations, the 
Sarah Lee Global Ministries and the Well Project, what exactly that means and what, how they can get involved. Absolutely. So I'm going to first um, leave our website information because everything's on there. And I'm going to tap into little each one individually and a little bit of the prophetic. So if you go to www.sarahleeglobalministries.org, okay. we have tabs for everything. Okay. What we do in general, the events coming up, what the Well Project's mission vision is, because we are a faith-based nonprofit organization. Okay, so, really, so nonprofit. We need money. We need. We have to get money. That would help us yeah. out. We, <laughs> yeah. we appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, look, have have learned that in transitioning from full time real estate to full time ministry. Big right. big difference. So you know, we do fundraisers, and we have some things we're going to have coming up that's on our heart to do here in the Dallas area to get that coming in, so we can build a place, build a center. And what the Lord said was called the well, because okay. he is the well, you know, he's the well of healing mm-hmm. and life and love and deliverance. Mm-hmm. And we have, uh, we have every, all the blueprints out. If someone is struggling, they can reach out through the contact card through the website. Okay. Sarah, I'll just forget the W. org. You can contact us um, it will come directly to me. We have a team. We're also trying to get more people on staff to where no one is waiting so long to where they get their questions answered. Um, and it sounds to me like you're, I mean, some organizations like focus on alcoholism or, mm-hmm. or drug addiction. Y- you don't. You no. Anybody that is struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Man and or I'm, woman. I'm hoping in the very near future to have a guest on that is part of a church that does a, a group, a, a, a program called Regeneration. And Regeneration is designed for people that just feel lost and they just don't feel like life is, something's wrong. Yeah. You're the same way. You want to help whoever needs help. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Thanks that, for that, highlighting that. Absolutely that. awesome. It's it's not specific because I you have to look at everything. God is a God of time and season. Mm-hmm. He created it. Mm-hmm. We just came out of COVID. And we're talking like a pandemic. Then we've we've got the trafficking. Life pandemic. is crazy. It's crazy. And people are crazy. Yeah, yeah and it's right made people having, crazy because right. we're we're humans. And so we just say, man, we say boy, girl, man, woman, you feel stuck, you feel oppressed, depressed, you went back into addiction, whatever, it doesn't matter. We're not putting a label on it. We're saying come to the gatherings. And the Lord said, just do them in downtown Deep Elm. That's where we're at right now. That's awesome. Until we get a building, then we're going to have our space. Then we can do one-on-one inner healing rooms, prayer rooms, things like that. It, it, it could be a church, but right now it's called okay. the well. It's well, it, whatever. It, it reminds me, one of the stories in the Bible, there, where there, there's a, and I, I'm not a Bible scholar, and I remember stories kind of piecemeal. Mm-hmm. Um, but but he's by the by the water, and Jesus shows up, and he Jesus asks him, do you want to be healed? Yeah. And people think that, why would he ask him? He's been sitting by this water for all these years, and and Jesus asks him, do you want to be healed? But yeah. I th- think that is a such a significant story because you have to want to be healed. Yes. And and a lot of people that that whine and complain and they pretend to want to be healed don't deeply want to be healed in their heart and their soul and their mind and their body. That's right. And Jesus is waiting for you. Yes. He's, he's waiting for people to say they want to be healed. Yes. I, I say that about, you know, there there's stories in the New Testament about God, uh, Christ uh, casting out demons from those that are mentally ill. Yes. But he only casts out demons from the ones that ask for it. He doesn't go after somebody. You have to want to Your be freedom. well. And yes. you have to want that spiritual freedom. 
Absolutely. I, I think is is what there there is a big huge you know a lot of people you know some non-believers and and I would say questionable believers sure have well you hear about this flesh versus spirit and there is no doubt in my mind in everything that I've gone through in my life that the invisible world is just as real as the visible world. Absolutely. And the invisible world has good. Yes. And the invisible world has evil. Correct. And there are good spirits and there are bad spirits. Yes. And which you're following or which you're letting influence your life is a lot of people don't realize they're doing it. Right. And programs like yours can help open the eyes to that and and Man. Help somebody realize their the help that they need is more than just a physical help. It's more than just an earthly body uh, help. Uh, so thank you, thank you so much for what you do. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the mission that you have. Uh, God has definitely taken you in a direction that is amazing. Um, well, I'm going to wrap it up today. Where I think we're kind of getting close on time. Uh, I want to thank everybody for coming to to listen to us today. I hope that the messages today has touched you in some way, shape, or form. The whole purpose of this book is to let people realize that there's hope and that nothing has that has happened in life doesn't stop you from God's second chance that He has for you today. So God bless you all. I can't wait to see you next time. Thank you, everybody.